0: speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Given that the gospel lesson for today is one of the most beloved and familiar stories we hear this time of year, it's difficult to recapture the initial shock Mary must have felt upon hearing the news that Gabriel brings. But imagine, if you will, being in Mary's shoes for all of this. Imagine hearing those first words spoken by Gabriel. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Now, even in biblical times, having an angel come to you or having God speak directly to you was a very rare occasion. So already, Mary must have been pretty surprised. But on top of this, in a first century society that valued men and maturity, Mary was a nobody. She was a poor peasant teenager living in Nazareth. And if an angel of God coming to a poor peasant teenager wasn't enough to cause surprise, Gabriel had more news up his sleeve. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David. While it's not always wise to try and psychologize biblical figures, I have to imagine Mary thought this angel was mistaken. No great ruler ever came out of Nazareth, let alone from an unmarried woman on the edge of society. I like to imagine that Mary initially thought Gabriel got lost somewhere along the lines or maybe had the wrong person. But as we know, Gabriel wasn't lost and Gabriel had the right Mary. And I think it's saying something, that God chose someone of such little significance at the time to bring Jesus, God's Word made flesh, into the world. The astounding news of Jesus' birth, in fact, follows a pattern of similar miraculous births we hear about in the Bible. It reads like the wondrous births of Ishmael and Isaac in Genesis, Samson in Judges, and John the Baptist here in Luke's Gospel. And these stories all sort of follow the same pattern, an appearance of a divine figure fear or confusion on the part of the person receiving the news, some sort of announcement, denial or objection on the part of the recipient, and last but not least, a blessing from the divine figure. And following this pattern, the author of Luke places the account of Jesus' birth story into the context of human and specifically Jewish history. Throughout the Hebrew scriptures, God has been working towards reconciliation, pressing the people towards creating space in their lives and in the world for God's grace to flow freely. And this theme comes to a climax in Luke's gospel with the story we hear today. This story fits into the pattern of God's intervention by way of miraculous birth, but this story is also unique. Mary is to bear a child who will be called Son of the Most High and whose kingdom will have no end. And to the news of this miraculous birth, as surprising and unexpected as it may have initially been for Mary, I think what's even more surprising in a way is her response towards the end of the lesson. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Despite the initial shock and skepticism, Mary demonstrates an openness and receptivity to the creative work of God. She allows God to work through her so that the new life in her is a life where God's word is set free and given space to work in the world. God comes to a nobody peasant girl in the outskirts of society with the news that will change everything And Mary says yes. She says yes to a God who is with us and for us and who wants us to have life and for whom nothing is impossible. Like Mary, we probably have our own initial reservations about how God can work through us. We may have our own doubts we may think we're not ready for the good news to manifest itself in our lives. We may even have our excuses. Once I get through this insanely busy time at work, once I can send the kids off to college, or once I get done with school and finish finals, once I get to a better place with my finances, once we get through this pandemic, Then I will be at a place where God can work through me. But what this story tells us is that's not how God works. God doesn't wait until we're ready or in the right time of our lives. God doesn't wait until we're polished or at our peak. Jesus comes in our stumbling and lack of preparation. Jesus comes when we don't think we're ready and it just doesn't make any sense. Often during this Advent season, we hear readings from the Hebrew Scriptures and the Old Testament of when people were longing for something that would change everything. The readings during this season include prophecies that explain how people were longing to be back home, longing for an end to slavery, longing for reconciliation and to be with God again. During this season before Christmas, that's what we reflect on. A longing, a waiting for the unexpected and the unplanned that will change everything. For us Christians, we know to some extent the impact that Jesus has made on our lives, but we're still waiting, maybe even hesitating, to see what might happen if we allow Jesus into our lives a bit more fully, a bit more radically. In what is traditionally in our culture a chaotic and busy time of year leading up to Christmas, Advent tells us to slow down, to take time to open ourselves up and allow ourselves to grow. It's a time to quiet our hearts and quiet our minds and to look for the ways God is trying to work in our lives. There is a beautiful preamble to a poem called The Gate of the Year that I recently came across in a Christmas card, of all things. It was written by Minnie Louise Haskins at the start of the 20th century and was used by King George VI in the 1939 Christmas broadcast as England was facing the uncertainty of war. And it reads like this. And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I might tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth and finding the hand of God, trod gladly into the night. And he led me towards the hills and the breaking of day in the lone east. In the midst of the surprise and confusion that Mary must have felt at the Annunciation she went out into the unknown, and put her hand into the hand of God. In the midst of our own doubts and uncertainties, and as we reflect on an unprecedented year, may we also put our hand into the hand of God, as we are led into the breaking of day, so that God's grace may flow freely through us. Amen.